Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, world of internet. My name is Simon Miller, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, live on twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316, also available as a podcast everywhere, literally everywhere. If someone says, hey man, we're doing a podcast, you can get my damn podcast or my damn show, whatever the hell that you want to call it. It is the 11th of June, 2020, for the people that always go, Simon, I got confused by the date. Uh, Now you know. Um, quick message for people that are watching live on Twitch in the chat. Do you get notifications when I go live? Please do let me know. I'm still getting used to Twitch. And all those people that do miss the live streams on YouTube, we are going to go back there eventually. We're going to keep doing them on Twitch too. Eventually, we're going to be doing daily Twitch streams. But I was right about all the YouTube nonsense. Don't want to waste too much time on it. But ever since I've stopped streaming, well, one of my videos did over 100,000 views. And that never happens. And it seems funny. That's the second time that happened once I stopped streaming on YouTube. So there you go. One of those things. Just throwing it out there. But we'll try and make something of this Twitch thing. Although Twitch changed its whole front and back end over the last couple of days. And I was like, what's going on? What's this? But we figured out all the same. Going through another week of pro wrestling. Backlash is in a few days. Uh, we'll probably try and get a prediction show up on the audio feed. So like I say, make sure you subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or SoundCloud. And you can check out my Backlash predictions for the show. Um, and I don't know what going to talk about. What I want to start with... We will talk about AEW Dynamite, but I read this interview with Randy Orton earlier, and I found it really fascinating. Obviously, he's on the press trail because at Backlash 2020, we have the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, my goodness. Greatest wrestling match ever. And uh, he was, you know, he was talking about the beef that he was having with Tommaso Ciampa on the Internet. We talked about it the other day, and I'm sure that uh, uh, you will have seen it. And his whole, I just, I, I haven't, I need to hear the context of it. But from reading it on the page, Randy Orton just came across as a dude that completely gets it, like completely gets it, has his head wrapped around um, the the situation. I don't know. There was just something about it that came across as very mature and very smart, and I liked it. And I liked it a lot. I really, really did. But his whole point was, when he watches NXT, he gets a little bit worried about the way they perform because not only does he not feel like they can sell very well, basically. Um, because they're doing move, 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 move. But he is worried about their long-term health. Like he mentioned, he's about to turn 40 years old. He's been doing this for however long. And he wants to get another 10 years out of it, which is quite a lot. be 50 years old when he wants to retire. And he doesn't believe that people down in NXT would be able to do that. And he thinks that's an issue. You know, he said he watched a match. He wouldn't name any names, which I also respected, because he could have done. Uh, and there would be no need to, but he could have done. And yeah, he said... Um, he said, uh, you know, once it was all said and done, he couldn't remember anything that had happened. I don't believe that's true because you have a memory. <laughs> but I take his point. His point was he wasn't able to invest in the emotion of the match, I suppose. And I just thought it was a really, really fascinating discussion. And again, I thought he came across really well. And he even said, you know, if they want me to go down to NXT, I work for Vince McMahon. I will do whatever he wants me to do. And I would love to work with Tommaso Ciampa because he's clearly passionate about wrestling. But also, I think I could teach him a thing or two and maybe even protect his neck. Because obviously, Ciampa's had terrible neck injuries over the years. So yeah, I just check it out if you haven't seen it. It's probably on Reddit or I can't. I think it just came in my Google alert news thingies that we get. Uh, that you can turn on. But you should definitely go and check it out if you haven't. 
I, I don't, is he right? I guess is my question for you. If you're live in the chat or you want to get in touch via social media, let me know. And I love NXT. I love the fact how it feels different from WWE. But do you agree with Randy Orton that you think they could do less? Less is more. And I'll tell you, this is mostly to do with my own skill set. And to be fair, Orton also said that. He was like, I couldn't do what they do. So he's impressed by it both athletically, but he wouldn't be able to pull it off. And in my own wrestling career, which is obviously on pause right now, yeah, I couldn't do that either. I'm not saying I'm there yet. Of course I'm not. But I try and focus more on the story and more on the, the, the selling and the emotion just because of where I'm at and also what I like from wrestling. But it doesn't mean that I don't like NXT. And would I like NXT less if it did go the other way? Because we already have Raw and SmackDown that goes by the WWE playbook and NXT does to a certain extent. But it certainly feels different, which is why it captivated an audience how it did. See, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, he doesn't like the leg slapping. I don't care about leg slapping. I don't care about people stomping on the ring when they punch. I just, I got too many problems, man. I got real problems to worry about. Like money problems and relationship problems and life problems and work problems. I'm not going to worry about a wrestler going like this. <laughs> Who cares? And yeah, sometimes it can be a deterrent and it can be distracting. I'm not saying you can't be critical of it. But I'm not going to get bogged down with it. I don't see the point. I think it's a waste of time. But let me know what you think. Let me know in the chat. Let me know. Again, get in touch. Message. Uh, quick shout out to pinsandknuckles.com, pinsandknucklesandmerch.com. Uh, make sure you check them out if you want merchandise. I'm going to get some new t-shirts from them soon too. So that's exciting. Uh, for all the nice people that say they want a super chat, again, there's like a donate button that goes to my PayPal beneath this. If you'd like to do that, don't feel obliged. Uh, but more importantly, I'll push you towards my patron, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Again, not only does the money that goes into that help me you know free up time i'm a freelancer free up time to do stuff like this but you know certain tiers you can come on the podcast i'll send you a t-shirt i'll send you a postcard i'll send you a cameo type video there's loads of things have a check out if you fancy it and uh, there's a link below there on twitch as well otherwise you've got all the details um right let's do uh, let me read some uh, of the chat which i haven't done yet Butuang says hi simon and friends oh that's nice my man james says was really interesting in reference to the randy orton chat agreed uh only africa be to only africa by dodo uh once the pandemic is over i want mansoor to be used more yeah mansoor's got something every time i see him there's uh i don't know i like him i find him very likable which is a massive it's half the battle in wrestling um, it's different wrestling styles, though, isn't it? Says uh, Rothwy Bra, Wathry Bra. I can never pronounce the names. Yeah, no, I agree. It is different wrestling styles. But my point being, what do you prefer? Do you prefer Raw? Do you prefer SmackDown? Do you prefer NXT? Again, would you feel less likely that you wanted to watch NXT if it wasn't like that? You know? You know? I've just realized I've still got YouTube uh, subscriptions turned on. So it's just, <laughs> I'll make sure I, I've got to do my, uh, dole my back end up for Twitch. That sounds terrible. I've got to dole my back end up for Twitch. What does that mean? I'll make sure I do it next time so we can actually focus on the people that are in the Twitch chat. Uh, Lance EG says, I believe less is more. I tell the joke about Ventura and Morocco not touching it for 10 minutes and the crowd going wild, but there are no protected finishes and lots of things happening to little or no effect. Look, I wouldn't argue against it, right? I wouldn't argue against it. There is certainly an argument for both. But I do think it's also important to understand that wrestling evolves. And there is there are fans that love this type of wrestling. You could argue that All Elite Wrestling, for a large percentage, is built on that kind of wrestling. So there's no right or wrong answer. There's not. It's just horses for courses. But I find it a fascinating discussion. And luckily, the people that mostly interact with me on here are nice and we can do it. And it's not the usual internet stuff of, shut up, you, and you're like, go away. 
Um, what else have we got going on? Woe Jarring says, have a different wrestling in WWE is always positive regardless. Agree. Sometimes matches can feel similar. And Chris ate Jill Sandwich. The crowd has made the difference for me watching AEW, not as panto as WWE's Performance Center recruits. I think it does feel a little bit more forced, but I'm not... I don't massively care. I know I gave it a down for the NXT one, but really they're just doing a job essentially and they're all doing fantastic all around. It doesn't bother me. In the no crowd era, I'm quite happy to give quite a lot of leeway to that kind of things because we're just doing what we can. Nobody saw this coming. Um, and my man Dan Lemley says, I sent you a tweet of a comic book of Demolition and Repo Man was in it. Dan, I will hunt that down. I'm not going to lie. I've been a little bit... Uh, I've taken a step back with social media recently just because all the craziness is going on with the world. And uh, I realized I needed to just take some time away. So if you have sent me anything, don't worry. I certainly will get to you uh, at some point. We talked about AEW. Let's get into Dynamite. Interesting show. Interesting show. Like, it was really hard to criticize it. I'm not saying I went out of my way to criticize it, but, but maybe phrase it. There was nothing really to criticize, but I certainly don't think it was the best episode of Dynamite that we've had. I kind of felt like it just ticked the boxes, uh, not went through the motions, that's too harsh, but it just, it did what it had to do. It built stories. I am very impressed. They have about 62 stories all interlocking and diverging at once. I thought that's really cool, but there was nothing that I would say was like, oh, wow, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life, you know? So... It was difficult because, again, there was nothing bad on the show. There was nothing bad at all, but there was also nothing that made me do a backflip. I thought the main event was great. I think just having the TNT Championship in the main event is a great way to tell your fan base, oh, look, this isn't just another... Sorry, I have to keep hitting my other computer because I'm uploading a file. It's almost there. Um, yeah, it wasn't just another... It's not just another title. You know, this is the real deal. And we want, hopefully, to try and elevate it to the point it feels as important as the world title. And there's nothing wrong with that. And seeing a match between Mark Quen, of all people, from Private Party and Cody was awesome. Like, Mark Quen has all the potential in the world. Obviously, you know, still learning and still getting better. But that 450 on the ramp... Cody laying on the ramp and he gives him a 450. Thought the finish was awesome. You know, he went for the shooting star press and uh, Cody got out of the way and applied the ankle lock, which had been the story the whole time, which also ties into a couple of weeks ago when Mark Quinn hurt it to begin with. I love that long-term stuff. Uh, it makes you feel rewarded for watching the show. And then afterwards, we, you know, we build to the next feud straight away, which is going to be Jake Hagar versus Cody. I don't mind that at all. I don't know what direction that's going to go in. Um, it's certainly a match that I want to see, given that they're both on the roster. I know it's kind of like two WWE guys, but I don't care. I feel like they've changed massively since then. And I think it's a decent fighter Fest match. I don't know what happens now with the open challenge, because we've got a good two or three, maybe even four AEWs before we get to the, the fighter Fest shows. But that's okay, too. Like, that's okay, too. It's... Um, what I liked about it, obviously, Matt Hardy was out there. Private Party came back out there. Uh, some other people were out there. So, you know, we, we basically told a lot of stories towards the end. And I thought Cody's fiery promo was uh, was top stuff. Also enjoy the opener, FTR versus uh, Butcher and the Blade. Butcher and the Blade were back to looking badass now. So I'm just going to put my hands up and say I don't get the look outside the ring. That's just on me. We've said it. I'll give my opinion. I'm going to take it. I'm going to throw it over there. No need to worry about it anymore. And it was also, it was a terrible day for all those AEW haters that go, it's just flips and dives. Not one flip or dive. Just old-fashioned wrestling tag teams. Everyone's screwed now. What are we going to do? But yeah, really, really good match. I think it's, I mean, obviously FTR were going to win. You couldn't have them lose. 
But it was like a minor shame that it was Butcher and the Blade that had to be put in there because I feel like we could do more with them. I think they're a cool tag team. But ever since they came in, they've never really taken anything by storm, just through matter of circumstance more than anything. But yeah, really, really cool stuff. Uh, the Shatter Machine is now called the Goodnight Express, which to me sounds lovely. I talked about this on Ups and Downs. Again, you can check that over on What Culture Wrestling. Make sure you subscribe to them. It just sounds like you just put your head on a pillow. And you're on the Goodnight Express. As a man that doesn't sleep very well, I was like, oh, wow. I'd like to be on the Goodnight Express. But that now seems like it's going to be their signature or a build-up move to the Spike Piledriver, which they did for the second week in the row. Or maybe they're just going to have two finishes. That's cool. It means you can kind of uh, plan matches differently. But really, really good. Love the post-match angle with the Young Bucks. Just, you know, getting into it with them. Obviously, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc came out, as well as Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. So now you can just do that eight-man tag and slowly build to FTR versus the Bucks. I suppose you don't want to give it away at Fighter Fest. It seems a little bit rushed. Or maybe we do. Or maybe we wait till the next pay-per-view. I wouldn't mind either way. I kind of feel like those guys have been feuding for about 10 years. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked all of that. It was just, I don't know how that would... Uh, speak to a wider audience but as someone that's been watching wrestling for a long time I was a fan I dug it I dug it a lot thumbs up from me what came after that this is why I have to refer to my notes because I'm old and I forget this was the only thing that I was confused about and please in the comments or however let me know why are QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes getting a tag team title shot next week <laughs> I was so confused I know they've done a lot on Dark, but surely you have to showcase them on Dynamite, your main show, for a bit more. I was so baffling. And even if I'm wrong, I watch that show every week and I watch Dark as much as I can. And I had to sit there and kind of look into the sky and be like, wait a minute, Major, did I miss something? I don't know. It's weird. It was so weird, but maybe I'm wrong. I've completely changed my mind on this QT Marshall and Ali Bunny thing, whatever we're going to call it. I think it's going to turn out that the Butcher and the Blade screw ali's gonna screw over dustin rhodes and qt marshall reveal that she is still the bunny with the butcher and the blade and then you're gonna start a feud between those two teams and if we do that i'm gonna do backflips that's such a cool story i love stories where people sort of get get inside somebody else's head and then reveal that haha i was an evil person so if that's what we're doing i understand the justification for the title but it would have been good if last week they got a massive win maybe they did and i've forgotten about it that does happen i watch a lot of wrestling but it was kind of strange it was a bit like someone just threw a pot at me and it smashed me in the head. But it's, it's, not, it's not a problem at all. It's barely a thing. Barely a thing. Uh, Chris Statlander and Sheeda going on against Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford. I loved this. I thought it was really good. The highlight for me was when uh, Nyla Rose did that jumping knee thing over both of their necks. Flipping Nora. That was crazy. I think all four of these guys are coming into their own. I think it's a massive shame that Britt Baker got injured because uh, her and Big Swole would have fit into this nicely. I've just, I just loved it. I really, I don't know why. I just got it. I just thought it was really, really good. And I like that. I know that the Chris Statlander alien character is controversial or some people think it's stupid. I quite like it. It's because it defines her, right? She's the alien. And then you've got Sheeda, who's like this badass champion. And Nyla Rose, obviously the beast, the monster. Um, and Penelope Ford is like the cool, you know, like attractive girl. And then you've got Britt Baker, who's the dentist. And then Big Swole, who's like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm really cool. I'm really likable. I just think it's it's nice to have... They all have set personalities. And I think if we can just work in a few more feuds, I think their women's division is coming along uh, is, is coming on really good. And I enjoyed the Britt Baker promo too. It was just fun. It was just really, really fun. I guess we should talk about what most people want to talk about as I check my video again. Orange Cassidy. We're just... The, the, the best friends in Orange Cassidy beat the Proud and the Powerful and Jake Hagar. Doesn't matter. Whatever. That's completely irrelevant. 
it's the post, right? The post match that everybody, some people loved it and some people seemed to think it was nuts. I thought it was great. For starters, I can't believe that we're actually going to get Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in 2020. I mean, it's only June. We're not going to wait till next year. Whoever thought that would happen a year ago, whenever it was when he got signed, the internet just blew up. Oh, I can't believe Orange Cassidy got signed. I love it. Again, I think it's a character that could only exist within wrestling, which is why I, I think it's awesome. But... I never thought he'd feud with Chris Jericho when he came in. Chris Jericho's obviously seen that he's popular and thinks he can get him over, which he will, because he does that to everybody. Well, he's already over. You know, elevate him higher up the card. And to see him sort of get beaten the crap out of first with the bat where he bled and then kind of get the silliness with blood oranges. The thing was, though, everybody sold it seriously. I know it's dumb to hit somebody else with fruit, but there's a certain amount of poetic irony in there. And um, the hell is that? Your Microsoft order... I don't know what the hell that means. I better load that up. That sounds like somebody's broken into my account. I didn't make any. That's bizarre. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's just got a thing saying, oh, you, the thing you ordered from Microsoft. I didn't. Right, I got to put this video up. Worst time to do it, but it's got to be done. Bam. Sorted. Um, yeah, I, I think because everybody took it seriously, I was all right with it. I genuinely was. I was like, okay, just beat the shit out of him. Oops, should I said that shib. Beat the shib out of him with a bag of oranges. And he was bleeding like a stuffed pig. So I didn't mind it at all. I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was... Uh... I thought it was well done angle. I did. And it makes me want to see that match even more, which is the whole point. As long as I want to see the match, who cares? So yeah, I was, I was a big fan of all of that. I can't believe it's happening. Obviously, Chris Jericho had been on color commentary up to this point. Chris Jericho is brilliant on color commentary. I'm just going to tell you that. You already know. Uh, when he does decide to retire, if he wants to stick around and be a color commentator, he should. He's over the top. He's dumb. He's stupid. He says ridiculous things, but he says it with so much conviction that you just uh, you just buy into it. So yeah, great, awesome. I thought one of the highlights of the night, I can imagine. Uh, but some people didn't like it just because of a bag of oranges. Seems strange. Uh, Only Africa by Toto says, "I'm so confused by the bunny gimmick. What is it, dude? I'd love to tell you. I I don't know. I have no idea." Mister Han 041, Britt Baker is just mint. I agree. Uh, Rothery Brass says, I'm really happy they gave Sheeta the title. She's class. I agree with that too. My man, damn, it's sad about Brit, but I also really like what they're doing with her and to keep the heat. Yeah, that's called that's, uh, jumping on the, um, not the bandwagon, but it's, we're just taking advantage of the situation, which we should, and there's so many examples of that. We did it with uh, Batista did it for a while. Kurt Angle definitely did it. CM Punk, did it. we don't need to name them. There's loads of people we've done it with, but um it's uh yeah it, it, it's awesome it's really cool uh rhino x supreme says do you think Britt baker will take the women's title at all out no i think when she comes back she'll feud with big swole first but look if she stays as over's not the right term but if the momentum keeps going you absolutely should make her the uh the, the women's champion because that just makes all the sense in the world right so yeah i would certainly do it i would certainly do it uh mjf cut a cool promo we're going to do a match with him and billy gunn or wardlow and billy gunn or whatever the hell it is that was just a good way to keep MJF relevant. They're clearly building him up for something. And what I really like about MJF is he's 100% correct. Jungle Boy did get that opportunity. And really, Jungle Boy shouldn't have got that opportunity because MJF has been undefeated in a year and he beat Jungle Boy. A heel is always better when what they're saying is relevant and justified. It's why Daniel Bryan was such a good heel when he was doing the environmental stuff. You know they're right, but they're such a dick about it. That just makes it even worse. So, yeah, that was good. Um, Sammy, the Colt Cabana stuff is flipping awesome, mostly because of Colt Cabana's performance. 
you know, he loses to Sammy Guevara here, which in my head is a big deal because Sammy Guevara hasn't won in ages, intentionally so. We've talked about it. And now Colt is playing this like he's properly, you know, perturbed. He gets helped up by the Dark Order afterwards, Brody Lee. He follows them down the entranceway, then goes to Brody Lee's door, gives it a little, bit, a little bit of a knock. I'm really digging it. I really like it. A part of me wants him to join. A part of me doesn't. Is he going to feud with Brody Lee? Is he going to change his mind? What's his mindset? Really well performed, genuinely. Um, and I know on the flip side to that, we had the Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy stuff. Lots of people tweeted me, cheap plug at Simon316, saying... They didn't like the Matt Hardy stuff. And I guess they tell me because they know that I do like it. I can understand. Look, because here we were basically playing word association, right? So Sammy Guevara says broken, he becomes broken Matt Hardy. Sammy Guevara says facts, he becomes becomes a Matt Hardy version one. But I think Matt Hardy is so committed to the gimmick. And I think it's so fun. I do. Let's just use a simple word. Let's not overcomplicate it. That I, I can't help. I just smile when I watch it. And I don't mind it. I quite like it. I can see why people don't. But I like the fact we're doing a Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy feud. And we definitely are because in that fracard towards the end of the show, when Jake Hagar attacked Cody, Sammy Guevara got a twist of fate from Matt Hardy. And we should probably do that at Fire Fest. And maybe Sammy Guevara should even win. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and think about it. I like Matt Hardy. It's as simple as that. To me, it's no different. Yeah, someone just said in the chat. It's no different from Mick Foley or other kind of Jekyll and Hyde characters. He's just a little bit more goofy but I'll never be mad at goofiness in my pro wrestling. And some you can't say you like someone being hit with oranges and you don't like Matt Hardy. That, to me, doesn't uh, add up. Seems like Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss are going to be a tag team. Fine with that. Like Joey Janela, like Sonny Kiss. I don't know what they're like as a team. I think I've seen them team on Dark every now and then. I can't remember. There's so many matches on Dark these days. But why not? Cool vignette, though. Cool video. Really well shot. Joey Janela feels like he's lost in the shuffle. Sonny Kiss hasn't really uh, intentionally done anything of, of huge merit. Put them together. I liked it. And hopefully we have a series of these videos before we see them in a match to try and establish both guys' characters a bit more. Sweet. Good. Easy. And it was the same with John Moxley versus Brian Cage. John Moxley's mad. Hates Taz. Taz comes up. Taz is pissed off. Brian Cage beats the holy hell out of him. And even though he has a relationship with Taz, he ignores him and throws John Moxley into a windscreen. That's fine. That's fine. That's the way you build a world title feud. The only real shame is that it's gonna, we're going to Brody Lee it a little bit. Like Brian Cage looks so imposing and is obviously brand new in the company that you kind of want him to win the championship, but I don't think you can. I think you have to keep it on John Moxley until fans are back in the arena at the least. But then, you know, does it hurt Brian Cage at all? Because obviously Brody Lee is kind of just, he's still fine, but it's weird that he's no longer into, I guess he lost. He lost to John Moxley, so he has to do something else. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It kind of ties into the backlash stuff as well. I keep thinking, do I want Bobby Lashley to beat Drew McIntyre? And I do a little bit. But then I think it's more important that Drew holds on to it. But I do think we've arrived at a situation where Lashley and MVP could do something. And I certainly wouldn't be put out by it. I think it's kind of the same with, with, with Brian Cage. But yeah, I think it's more important that Moxley holds the belt for a while. But that's good, though. That's probably the sign of a good main event, of a good world championship feud that I'm in the middle and trying to figure it out. And that was Dynamite. Good show, I thought. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it, it, again, it, it never really went crazy like some dynamite shows have done where you're like oh my gosh this is an amazing show but it didn't really do anything on it took its time and it's just building really well towards those two fighter fests that we've got at the start of july and i think it's good that they have those mini focuses they seem to be much better when they are building up to a pay-per-view or whatever which obviously stands to reason of course you would 
So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But yeah, I liked it. I haven't seen NXT yet. I know there was a lot of hoo-ha-ha. Um, it sounds like a really good show as well, though. So I'll watch that in the next couple of days. And that's awesome. Wednesday night, smashing it. That's all I need. Everybody to be happy. Uh, Phil Thrill 7 in the super chat says, it's not super chat as well, normal chat. I'm trying to figure out why Brandy and Dustin treat Ali so bad. QT just trying to find love. Well, like I say, I think they're going to be right about her. I think she's still affiliated with the Butcher and the Blade and she's going to screw him over next week. That's why I'm kind of invested in it. If I'm wrong, then I don't really care. But I don't think I am wrong. We'll find out. We'll find out. Mr. Hanno 41 says it all depends on how Brian Cage loses. Fair. I don't know how he does lose, though. I think it will just be a major paradigm shift. One, two, three. I don't think anybody will get involved. I don't think it'll be a mistake by Taz because that would kind of suck. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know in the chat. What do you think? Embrace the show says MVP and Taz managing big monsters with title matches. It's true. It is very similar. But that's why I liked it. I don't mind. Like someone said to me, oh, I can't believe that John Moxley got thrown into a car window like Adam Cole did. It's just wrestling, man. Even if they are copying, do we really care? I don't. I don't care at all. As long as I'm entertained by it, let them do whatever they want. This ties into the whole, oh, you're biased towards AEW. No, I'm not. I'm biased towards wrestling. And if I like something great and if I don't like something, okay, what difference does it make? You know, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Ryan Dixon, 1990, thinks Moxley is going to submit Brian Cage and also says that it was a good show. And Darren4785 says, I don't care, just entertain me. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Let's go check the news to make sure nothing else is going to happen. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Spoiler time. I will just read this because it's easier. Um, go. Uh, spoilers for SmackDown are coming. I'm giving you a 10-second warning. Uh, I don't care about spoilers. I never have, but I understand that you may. But I want to talk about this now because we may not have another podcast till next week and SmackDown will be, will be long gone. And Backlash will have happened and that will take over. So you've got five seconds. We're going to give you a... It's not a massive spoiler. It's just about the angle for Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. And I will read this from Sports Kida, who got the story. Um, and actually, this site here just has it in a paragraph, which is much easier. According to Sports Kida, a big segment is set for this week's SmackDown broadcast. The site is reporting that Jeff Hardy and Sheamus will have a contract signing. And during this segment, Jeff Hardy will be required to pass a urine test before he signs the contract. Rene Young will host the segment. And as previously reported, WWE SmackDown was taped on Monday during the contract signing. Sheamus comes out with a man in a lab coat and four security guards. The segment begins with Hardy accusing Sheamus of trying to ruin him. That leads to Sheamus demanding that Hardy passed a urine test because he refuses to compete against a junkie. Sheamus then claims that Hardy will fail the test and that's when Hardy admits he has a problem. Sheamus demands that the test be taken immediately and he continues to taunt Hardy until Hardy waits for it, throws the urine in Sheamus's face and signs the contract. Now look, we have talked about this a lot. If Jeff Hardy is fine with this, then I am fine with it because it's not for me to have a decision on that. I have never been through the personal problems that Jeff Hardy has. And if I had and decided that I wanted to use it in a wrestling angle, I wouldn't appreciate someone that has not gone through what I through going, I don't So that's fine. However, from an entertaining standpoint, it just makes me feel a bit uncomfortable because I know how hard it must have been for one Mr. Jeff Hardy. It can't have been good. Of course it can't. He even said it almost broke up his marriage and the relationship with his kids. I also don't think if somebody has dealt with all that, why would you want to put them back amongst the pigeons, as they say? Surely you want to keep them as far away from that as possible so they can live their new life. As for something like this, does it add to a contract signing? Does a urine test and then Jeff Hardy throwing the urine in Seamus' face get me any more excited? I'd have to see how it's executed, to be honest. But I will say the first couple of weeks, I actually think 
that the way they've done it breaks up SmackDown and it would be intriguing storyline. It's just, and I do prefer it when reality is thrown into resting angles. This one just feels a little bit too close to home is what I will say. But I need to check it out first before I make any big decisions. But it's quite a daring angle by WWE. I don't think they've ever done anything like that before, a drug test live on air. I mean, they probably have done. I mean, given their own past, maybe they thought it was a bad idea. But look, you let me know in the chat. Do you like it? Do you not like it? I think, you know, talking about backlash predictions, as long as Jeff Hardy wins a backlash, then really it's okay because you've taken the bully and you've taken the bad guy and proven that you can't act this way. That's the message. That's the underlying theme. But if Sheamus just beats him, which they may do because they may want to elongate the feud and it makes more sense to have the heel win the first one, then it becomes a little bit more problematic. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, It's certainly causing waves. I know it will cause an absolutely massive reaction when it drops on Friday night. But again, if Jeff Hardy's fine with it, then Jeff Hardy is fine with it. It's, 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 It's different. What I will say is some people go, Simon, you said you wanted the Attitude Era to come back. No, I did not. I've never said that. I've talked about this in the other podcast. I have said time and time again that the Attitude Era is like awesome for 25% and the rest of it is a little bit questionable. <laughs> there is 75% of questionable content. Didn't mean I didn't love it at the time. Of course I did. But as I've grown up and matured, you kind of look back and think that wasn't the best idea in the world. Doesn't mean it didn't mean it wasn't right for the time or anything like that. That's something to be debated. And also, I don't really think this is Attitude Era stuff, really. It's more adult stuff, and it's more mature stuff. Mature, is that the right word? More adult stuff? Less kiddie, less PG I'll go with. I think that's a better way to say it. We'll wait and see. But yeah, that's something you can look forward to in a couple of days. Um, Mr. Han 041 says, How about Mox and Cage go 20-25 minutes? Hard fought, bout, shock out of nowhere, paradigm shift to win. Uh, Taz and Cage go mental, few continues what you all think. Well, the way that AEW's booking stuff, if the champion wins, they seem to be like, right, that's enough of that, and we'll move on to something else. But I'm okay with that. At least it makes sense why he gets the, the challenge, because he had the magic chip that he's cashed in. Uh, Dead by Dawn 80 says, question is, Tessa's contract with Impact is almost up. I would love to see her in AEW and dominate the women's division. I have no idea if that's true. I mean, there were rumors recently that Adam Cole's contract was up, and apparently he's still there for 18 months. So I take everything I read with a pinch of salt. But yeah, I think Tessa Blanchard has proven she's a great wrestler. She'd do well anywhere. Like she, she really, really, really would. Uh, Chris A. Jill Sandwich has more toilet humor from Vince. I'm shocked. Is throwing, I'd have to see how it goes down, but I don't think throwing piss, throwing piss into somebody's face can be toilet humor, obviously quite literally. But if there's an edge to it, I don't know. We'll, we've got to wait and see. Sinner79, didn't Sean have to do a drug test on air and throw it into Vince's face? He probably did, and I've forgotten. There's been so many angles throughout the years, and most wrestling angles are cyclical anyway. They're cycled in and out. So yeah, he probably did. You're probably probably right, and I've just, um, I've probably just forgotten. Uh, my man James says it's all good because obviously Jeff is cool with it. Yep, absolutely a fine point to take. And same with Rothy Bra, who says the angle isn't my thing. But if Jeff has said he's happy to go ahead with it, then that's fine, I suppose. Yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 you don't have to like it either, though. Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. And we're living in a world at the moment where people think you can only have black and white. It's not true. You can go too close to home, would rather they didn't. But okay, Jeff's happy, two thumbs up. That's a perfectly acceptable opinion to have. And the Great Westerner says, are you going to expect a new champion on Sunday? And ups and downs for Dynamite just went live. Of course it did, because I'm I'm broadcasting late today. So make sure you go and check that out when we are done here. Uh, Do I expect a new champion on Sunday? Well, we'll do a whole episode dedicated to this, but I will give you my quickfire ones as we're here. I don't mind Bobby Lashley winning the championship. I've thought about this a lot, because I think his relationship with MVP is so good that you may pop the 
pop the bubble, bubble a little bit if he didn't win it. And if you had said that to me six months ago, or even when Drew first won, I wouldn't have agreed. But I also think taking the championship off McIntyre now is a really dumb decision because he's coming to his own. He's got all the momentum. He gets better each and every week and he's dominant. And the dominance is something that's making me enjoy what he's doing. And I think that's probably the more important of the two right now. But I do think you should keep MVP with Bobby Lashley. And I do think Lashley should be champion within the next 18 months. I really, really do. There's something there. It's never been tapped into properly. Maybe you just needed someone like MVP to bring it out of him. I thought Leah Rush also did a good job. Uh, but I guess MVP can be taken more seriously. Uh, so I wouldn't mind. Uh, Oscar versus Nia Jax. I think Oscar will win because I think we're going to do Oscar versus Charlotte. I also think Charlotte will eventually wind up with that title. I know. Calm down. It's just a prediction. I think Randy Orton will be Edge in the greatest match ever. Salute. Greatest match ever. Because... It just, it, to me, it's a better story. If Edge has to look at himself in the mirror and go, oh man, I was away for nine years and I wasn't able to live up to the bargain. What do I do now? Then I think you can get a third match out of it too. And then also Randy Orton Edge are one and one. I just think that's more intriguing. So that's what I would do. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey should retain the women's championships because they've only just won them and it will help as a plot device to break them up. Don't usually like it when WWE use championships to do that, but as long as we move past it as quick as we can, that's okay. Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison. Again, much like the Drew McIntyre stuff, if you gave it to Miz and Morrison, I wouldn't be too upset. I think it's dumb, but the whole match is dumb, and I'm not massively into Braun Strowman as Universal Champion, if we're honest. It would be absolutely a bizarre thing to do, but we will see. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of... Uh, I think Braun Strowman will win. I think he'll kill them. I think he'll squash them in about two minutes and beat them both at the same time when they're stacked up like pancakes. But I don't care if Braun Strowman keeps onto it, which is bad. I really, really, really should. Uh, what else is even going down at that event? Uh, oh, Apollo Crews versus Andrade. Same kind of deal. Apollo Crews should win. He's only just won it. We're finally pushing him. Don't muck around with it. There's no point. And that's, that's it, isn't it? Have I got... Let me, let me get it up on here. Backlash matches. Backlash 2020. Here we go. I think that's pretty much all of them. Uh, oh, of course, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, but we talked about that. I think Jeff Hardy should win. Whether or not he does, I don't know. So only a seven-match card, which is nice. Should be done in about two, two and a half hours, which is always uh, more palatable. I much prefer it. And of course, yeah, it seems like NXT are going to do Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole too. So they're not mucking around with Karrion Cross. He's going right in. I think Karrion Cross will probably be the guy to stop Adam Cole's reign too. And maybe that triggers a face shift for Adam Cole as well. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Other than that, though, I don't think anything else massively has been going on. Yeah, WWE cancelled a lot of UK shows, but they were always going to do that. You can't even fly over here in the moment without a bunch of nonsense. How could they? How could they come over here? I don't see it would make life would be nuts. It would be it would be so difficult, to say the least. And other than that, yeah, everyone's just talking about NXT as dynamite, which is often the case on a Thursday morning. There was this story that. Apparently, Shawn Michaels got into some kind of heated debate about racial inequality with a producer at TakeOver, which is very disappointing to hear because you like to think everybody was on the same page. Racial equality is massively important. It always has been, but now arguably more than ever. So if anybody actually decided to doubt that, I think that's flipping crazy. So I'm glad Shawn Michaels did yell at them. Still blocked by Shawn Michaels. No idea why. Never said a word to him, but... I don't, I don't, uh, I don't understand it. Um, 
And that's it. Nobody else is talking about much other than the usual madness. So we'll do some comments, throw in some questions or whatever you want as we start to wrap things up. Uh, the one true good says, I think Lana might cost Bobby the match somehow. I actually agree with that. In my What Culture Backlash 2020 predictions video that will be up in the next couple of days, that's what I say. I think Lana will come out and go, Ma Bobby! And then that will screw him over, which will suck. But, you know, it's WWE. That's what happens. Uh, Booger Twang says, does Drew just disappear if he loses? No, I think you go straight back into the rematch. Absolutely. I know WWE says they don't do that anymore, but that was a lie. <laughs> they definitely did. Um, I think someone like Drew could be one of the best WWE champions of the modern day, says the great Westerner. We have to see how kind of fans will respond to it. But yeah, you know, why the hell not? He's he certainly found his he's found his place now. He's found his place. Um, Sack Holmes says, not going to lie, sort of just want Edge to win so he can go on to face someone else. Perfectly understandable. I get that a lot. Uh, Phil to Thrill 7 says, did you hear about Ember Moon and Paige not liking the tag title change? Oh, I thought it was Beth Phoenix. Oh, well, I got that one wrong. Yeah, no, I kind of understood what they were saying. I think their point was more, and again, I've only seen the, 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 the fringes, so please correct me. But I think their point was there's so many women that aren't being used and tying up with Bailey and Sasha, who obviously have their own thing going on. And if that's true, they are correct, because where's Shayna Baszler? Uh, where's Bianca Belair? Where's, uh, what's her name? Uh, Natalia? Where's Liv Morgan? You know, these people are coming and going, whereas maybe you could put them together as tag teams, or maybe they could be a challenger for Bailey or, or whatever. So... I think it's fair. Uh, Chris H. Jill Sandwich. Do you think Cross will cause Go Do you think Cross will cause Cole to move up to the main roster if he loses the title? I don't know. Because we've only just called up Dominic Dijakovic, who's going to debut on Raw soon. Obviously, Matt Riddle is going to SmackDown. Do you really want another one in a few months? That feels like overkill to me. Not that I would mind it. I think Adam Cole will be successful anywhere with the right push. But I think maybe it's too soon. Maybe next year would be better. A uh, man with the beard. Any idea if you'll start streaming some games? I will when I actually get my finger out my ass. <laughs> that is certainly the plan. I want to start streaming daily on here. So hopefully I'll do it. And uh, Booter Twang wants the Iconics to win the belt. They are fun to watch in and out the ring. I'm also biased as I'm an, I'm an eyes and Aussie. The problem with the Iconics is they can lose and everything's going to be okay. Because they're so entertaining with all their shtick. That's, that's their whole gimmick, do you know what I mean? And I think the fact they lost on Raw and the fact that Bailey and Sasha Banks have only just won is probably not the best idea. But you just never know with WWE. Vince McMahon just has to wake up on the wrong side of bed and, uh, and, and that would be that. Um, Darren says maybe Cross will be like Alistair Black, Edge Face. I don't know what I mean, Edgy. Oh, Alistair Black, Edgy Face. I don't know, it's a good point. Is he actually a heel? I mean, Adam Cole is... But he also kind of treads that line because people enjoy his work. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Karrion Cross to me has a, a demeanor and a way about him that you're not going to like him. He comes across as a bit of a dick in a good way, in an intentional way, somebody that you just despise. So, but it could go, it could go either way. It, it really, really could. Right? Is there anything else that I've missed? I swear there was a big, uh, no, just everyone's just talking about Randy Orton and NXT as they are want to do. And Dynamite, too, as we build up the Firefest. And NXT. A lot of love for NXT. And obviously, there's so many Undertaker stories because he keeps doing interviews. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I can't believe the Undertaker was talking. I think I've heard him talk on every subject now for the last 20 years. That, that changed so quickly from nothing to... But good for him, man. Like, he held that thing for 30 years. If he wants to come in now and, and talk about whatever he wants to talk about, let's not pretend we don't invest it in it. Some people pretend they're not. I'm like, no, nah, man. This is good. This is, this is nice. Nice to see what he's doing. 
Um, BS Smokey 10 says, somewhere Vince McMahon is somewhere. I'm not reading that. Um, <laughs> we're not getting into we're not getting into that. Not the not the time. And uh, yeah, someone says maybe he's a tweener going off to Carrion Cross. I don't know what Triple H's plans are. The only thing that I'm worried about is Charlotte now seems to be done with NXT and Triple H told me to watch the story. And I'm worried the story is we moved Charlotte to NXT. She didn't really make a difference. And now we're going to put on Raw to win the Raw Women's title. I don't. I think Charlotte Flair gets a bad rap. I think she's incredibly entertaining, but I just don't think you should have anybody on all three shows. I think that's always a mistake. It was a statement of Shane McMahon. Unless they are the world champion and they're going between brands, which I always used to enjoy. I just don't think it's ever a good idea because you're just gonna you're just gonna get overexposed. It was like Baron Corbin and all these all these other people. It's not their fault. That's just the position they get put in. So we should mention as well that MLW, obviously um, in the States, just signed a deal, I think just in the United States with um, DAZN, the streaming service, which is a pretty big deal. I think WWE was on DAZN, the Japanese version of DAZN for a while, but that has good reach as far as I know, because they've got a load of big names signed up, such as Anthony Joshua. I think, yeah, I think, especially at the moment with everything going on, that to me is putting your flag in the sand. And it also sounds like um, we may be getting some of the ex-WWE guys in July going to Impact. Heath Slater sounds like he may team up with Rhino. There was obviously hints with Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows. Um, Drusev has had loads of this Bulgarian flag. I think they're all going to go there. I think EC3 would make a lot of sense given everything. But I think you may, even if it's a one-time deal, I think you may get a lot of people turning up at Slammiversary. So that will be interesting. And it will do wonders for, for Impact. They seem to be getting their uh, their ship together again now. So maybe we actually come out of all this craziness. And MRW's in a good place. Ring of Honor. Uh, well, we don't know what's going on with Ring of Honor, but I'm sure they'll figure it out too. Impact AEW, WWE. NWA's doing well with their new carniversary thing, whatever it's called. It's not called that at all. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of good going on right now in wrestling. It's just a bit under the radar, as it would be. There are far more important things going on. Um, right, a couple more. Uh, Darren says, I love Fantasma's, Fantasma's heel turn and mask removal. Nice stable. Yeah, I've heard about that. I look forward to see it executed. It sounds really, it sounds really, really good. And James says, I wish WWE would just have only one world heavyweight champion across both shows. You and me both, brother. It's really hard to try and explain that to new wrestling fans. And I just think it makes more sense. And I think then you could showcase other titles. When you have to put the focus on the Intercontinental or the United States, then you will. And then you can get into a place much like we had with John Cena a few years ago. We're like, oh, wow, the US title's being defended. They do feel a little bit like props. I don't get as excited for title trains as I do. And that's kind of the same with the WWE title, but I still do invest in it a little bit. And look, that's something that AEW is doing better right now. That's not an AEW versus WWE thing, but because it's only been around for like three weeks, the TNT Championship has prestige, much like New Japan has done with their IWGP and their own IC belts. All you got to do is put it in important feuds and tell people this is important. Simple as that. Uh, Rothy Brown says, do you think Cody might start to slowly turn heel now he's got the TNT title? There's certainly hints of it. There was hints of it last week. Again, he saw that Mark Quinn's angle was injured this week and he went after it with, you know, with nobody's for nobody's business. I like the idea of Cody going heel and then deciding and then ending up as the world champion. I mean, he lied to us all because I didn't see that coming for a while. I thought he'd be so beloved. But as ever, you either die a hero or live long enough to self to be the become a villain. And he's certainly heading in that direction. I wouldn't mind it at all. But you never know. Right. And, and, and Cody himself has talked about how AEW is going to be more uh, shades of gray than black and white. But I think a heel Cody that, yeah, really spits back in the faces of the fans after breaking his promise. 
I think that could be great. It has to be done very, very well so you don't get into Boy Who Cried Wolf territory. But I think given their run right now, if anyone is going to put it off, it would be All Elite Wrestling. They haven't proven... They haven't given me anything to suggest that they wouldn't, is my point. So I keep my fingers crossed and I hope that they, uh, I hope that they do. Uh, also, uh, Jill's 8 Sandwich says, uh, who wins when the Bucks finally take on um, FTR? I mean, knowing the young Bucks, they'll let FTR win, right? Because they're most selfless people ever. I think all people are really going to want from that is the match that they expect, the high-flying craziness of the Bucks against the grounded game of FTR. I think it will be excellent and the, the result will almost be irrelevant. But I would probably give the first match to FTR, yeah. I think you would do that. I think it just makes all the sense in the world. And uh, we talked about this the other day, but somebody says, what do you think of the potential for an AEW trios title? Uh, is it Melodic Shield? I think we should do it. Not yet. Don't introduce too many titles at once because you diminish them. But you've got the teams. You've got Death Triangle. You've got the best friends. You've got the inner circle. You've got the elite. There's loads of guys. So as long as you've got the teams to do it and it justifies getting people on TV, you could put somebody extra with Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian to turn them into a three. I like it when they do it in New Japan and it still feels fresh over here. I'm not, you know, it's, it was a concept that was alien to me until I started watching New Japan, even though it's, you know, it's kind of old school. So yeah, do it. Absolutely do it. Just make sure it makes sense and don't go crazy. Simple. And the Great Westerner says, if you could become WWE champion or Universal champion, which one? Of course, WWE champion. It's been a long, it's been around longer and it's got WWE in the title. So that's, uh, you know, that's the way to do it. Uh, and on that note, I will say thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, again, make sure you subscribe to the audio feed if you don't already to make sure you get quite a lot of exclusive episodes at the moment. Uh, my YouTube channel, search for Simon Miller, give me a subscribe. We will be streaming on there again soon. But like I say, my litmus test has proven me right and views are doing a lot better. So I need to figure out how the hell to do that. Uh, we will have one more episode this week as well, but do follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv for the Simon316, so that you know when we're going live. I'd love to always see your faces. Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 is how I'm able to do any of this and all my YouTube stuff and Twitch stuff. That's my, you know, it's my personal life wrapped up in a bubble. But more importantly, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the weekend. You've got a crazy SmackDown angle that you'll be able to throw yourselves into. And then two days after that, you've got Backlash. And then on Monday, we hit reset and we do the same thing again. Head over to What Culture, check out my ups and downs. Uh, Pinsandknuckles.com for all your merchandise needs. They support my podcast and they help me out a lot. So thank you to them. And I'll see you when I see you.